Today I want to share with you all a story of something that happened to me about nine months ago. And it really continually affects me to some degree. And I think we can all learn and grow from this situation. So it all started at the end of August of 2020. I was playing basketball with some friends. And just as I go up to make a layup, my right leg, it buckles in. And instead of jumping straight up, it kind of went in at an angle and it buckled in and it popped. And as soon as it happened, I fell to the ground and I screamed. And I was like, oh no, what just happened? I wasn't sure what happened. All I know is I was in a lot of pain. I felt a pop in my knee. And so I looked around and, I was, and all I said was, did I make the shot? A friend who's a doctor uh, came over and he was looking at my knee and he ended up telling me that I, I had a torn ACL and a torn meniscus. This would result in me going on in September to getting surgery and ACL reconstruction. It's really cool they did it. They uh, they harvested from my hamstring and they reconstructed an, an ACL, uh, which is a, a ligament in like the middle of your knee. And so they reconstructed that. I eventually needed physical therapy and I'm actually still doing that every other week. But before I was going like two or three times a week. To any of you who have maybe have had this kind of injury with this surgery, it's really a long process. It requires months of strength training and really building the muscles up around the knee. It's, it's considered like a six to nine month recovery, but not really until a year for it to be 100%. So fast forward to now, um, really a week ago. I was with some people and I jumped in the air and I felt another pop in my knee. <laughs> and it was such a recognizable pop. And it happened the same way. My leg went in and, and I just, I felt it and I heard it. And, and as soon as I landed, I just had these thoughts. Not again. No. So, the next day, uh, I, I called the same doctor friend and, and I asked if he could check it out. But that wasn't until 7.30 p.m. And this was in the morning when I asked. Let me tell you, that day was the longest day on earth. It felt like, it felt like an entire year in one day. Just because I was waiting and I was curious to see whether or not I tore my ACL, to see whether or not I would need surgery again. I did not want to go through that process again. It was so long. Yeah, and I just didn't want to do it. I mean, I know it's in the grand scheme of life, in the grand scheme of eternity, it's really not a big deal. There's really no reason to be stuck and hung up on on something so small as this. Like, looking back, it just sounds... Really just dumb. Especially because I recognize God is in control. But that day, I was really just kind of depressed. And, and maybe even worried that it would be torn again and that I would need surgery again. And so, the day goes on. It feels like a long day. And when I'm driving to go to his house, I really wanted to narrow down the fundamental problem with worry. It's not that it just 
doesn't add to your life, like Jesus mentioned on the Sermon on the Mount. It's like, yes, it does not add to your life, worry and anxiety, but it, it, I think it gets worse than that. I, I think I narrowed it down to the fundamental problem with worry and anxiety is it questions the practical character of God. Let me say that again. The fundamental problem with worry is it's questioning or doubting the practical character of God. What do I mean by that? That entire day, that long day that felt like an entire year, I would have intellectually affirmed the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God. But when it comes to practically speaking in my life, for some reason, there was a disconnect between my mind and, and I don't know how to word it other than like how my heart was feeling. I know that's really why we shouldn't go off of feelings. But, but I, I think about it like this. The atheist says there is no God. The practical atheist lives as though there is no God. So we can affirm these things about Scripture, that God is good and He's sovereign and He's in control. But do we really believe that? Do we really trust in a God who is not moved? And so I repented for that. And I cried out for God to have mercy on me. Because really, that's a big deal. Worry is questioning the character of God. Hmm. Convicting. Friends, we should not worry. I'm talking to myself as well. We should not have anxiety. Why? Because we serve a big God, not just the God of other people. This isn't just a God that is out of touch with our lives specifically. This isn't just a God who was in touch with only the apostles. No, we serve a God who absolutely reigns and is in specific control of our lives. Friends, we can have hope. Hope that is so different than hope in the world. Hope in the world is going through a hard time, crossing your fingers, hoping that it all turns out. But really, it's hope for hope's sake. There's no purpose, no structure, no foundation that their hope is on, but in Christianity, in our faith. We don't just hope in hope. We don't just hope in dead hope. No, we hope in a risen Lord. We hope in a resurrected King. We hope because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he was who he said he was, and that someday all things will work together for good. So allow me to make an observation. If you're hopeless, there could be many contributions to that case. But I know two are certain. Number one is you have placed your hope in something other than God. And it's let you down. You've placed your hope in something other than God. And it's let you down. If you are worrying or, or you have anxiety or you're even depressed, listen, trust God. The second contribution, I believe, 
to having a lack of hope which results in more worry and anxiety is you may understand that Jesus conquered death, but you live as though he is still in the grave. Let me say that again. You may understand that Jesus conquered death, but you live as though he is still in the grave. All hopelessness is ultimately a denial of the resurrection. Jesus conquered death when he rose from the dead, proving that he truly was the Son of God, and he truly did, in fact, get rid of our biggest problem, namely eternal damnation in hell when he rose from the dead. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Lamentations 3 says something on the lines of, Why should a living man complain, a man in face of his sins? Listen, we deserve hell. Jesus Christ took your sin if you believe on him, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. And we can have hope because of that. There's no reason to complain. There's no reason to worry. Listen, we deserve a whole lot worse than what we have and what we're getting, namely the grace and mercy of God. Listen, I, I want to qualify this and qualify this hope saying that this is not for everyone. It's not. If you are not in Christ, you should worry. I, I don't know how you couldn't worry. If you are not a believer, I don't know how you do it. I'm not saying that come, you, we should come to Christ so that he takes away your worry. I'm just saying I don't know how you couldn't worry. If you are not in him, you're faced with your sin and you have an innate knowledge of the holiness of God. But there's hope. There is hope in Christ. Someone once said, hope can see heaven through the thickest of clouds. And that is so right. God, because he's in control and because he tells us everything will work together for good. It doesn't matter how thick the clouds are above you. It doesn't matter how crazy the storm is around you. Listen, if you are in Christ, you can have hope, friends. Because our joy is not contingent upon our circumstance. Rather, our joy is built on Jesus Christ. So, trust in the finished work of Christ. Trust in his sovereignty. Have hope in him. What is hope? I, I keep on saying this, but what is it? Hope Hope is a trusting expectation that God is going to keep his word. Hope is a trusting expectation that God is going to keep his word. Numbers 23.19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God is not lying when he says that all things work together for good. God is not lying when he commands us to not worry about our lives in Matthew 6. God wasn't lying when he said it was finished on the cross. He was not. I don't serve a God who tells lies. Therefore, have hope and don't worry. <laughs>